Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Balls. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. You know, we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. Welcome back for another edition of the Ballsy Podcast on Sports Day DFW. A new voice here, because there's a new person in charge. There has been a coup. David Moore. (laughs) I am now running the podcast again, as I, I made some concessions in, in, in this takeover. Uh, I wanted the transition to be as easy for everyone as possible, so we uh, grudgingly had Evan Grant on for the first segment of today to talk about the Rangers. We now equally grudgingly have on another holdover from the Ballsy Podcast original iconic brand, Kevin Sherrington will join me to discuss the Dallas Cowboys. Kevin, welcome to my podcast. Well, I tell you what, David, it's so kind of you uh, to include us uh, old parts and, and not just immediately have us executed. We, uh, we appreciate that. As coups go, this has been a very nice one. I was going to, this, this has not been a, blo- you know, this is a bloodless coup to this point. Now, bloodless coup, yeah. I, I expect some counter moves by the two of you next week when you're both in town, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah, it's just still then. You know, we live in the present day. But again, to do one of those clever podcast segues, it was not bloodless in Carolina for the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday afternoon in their regular season opener. Uh, Cowboys no, lose sixteen to eight. What? What is the? There are many things to talk about here, and we will. But, but Kevin, what is your main take coming out of that game? What a mess. Uh, you know, here's how bad I thought that game was, David. Even as well as the defense played overall, they were still so sloppy in the in mistakes that were made. You know, at, at least they were doing their jobs. You know, they were they were getting it done. The offense was just completely clueless. I, I, I watched that game, and you know, I have defended Dak Prescott and and have, have acknowledged that he's not the most accurate quarterback. But there were throws made there, especially in the first half, that were just pitiful, uh, and and I'm not sure why that was, Were he's just pressing or, or what what was going on, but, you know, I, I think at one point in the broadcast, Troy Aikman said that, you know, uh, uh, they, they talked about all the things they were going to do in the offense this year, and he says, and I don't see any creativity, and I think that kind of summed it up. Yeah, I think they uh, they had many penalties early, and they were facing, uh, again, they were 2-11, and 11, I believe, on third down. And a lot of those third downs early were third and 21, third and 17. Uh, didn't have any short third downs until uh, really in the second half, uh, which explains why they didn't advance past midfield until nine minutes were left in the third quarter. But uh, let, let, let's stay on Dak and talk about him a little bit here because – um, what that game represented with the eight points. One, I thought it was, uh, I didn't think it was the worst opener under Jason Garrett. Um, and it's actually the, the worst opener. You go back to 2010, the last time they scored fewer points was they lost in the opener in 2010 to Washington, 13-7. Uh, to And that was the beginning of the end for Wade Phillips as the Cowboys coach. Uh, but the thing is, this is not... This wasn't isolated to the regular season opener. This marks this game was the fifth time 
in the last nine regular season games, dating back, I believe, to November 10th of last year, the fifth time in nine games this team has been held to nine points or less. Uh, Dak Prescott. That's not going to get it done. No, and Dak Prescott in that stretch has been held under 200 yards passing. And today's NFL has been held under 200 yards passing in seven of those nine games. So clearly the passing game we saw at the end of last year is broken. We didn't see anything uh, in this game to indicate that it was close to being fixed. And, and I think that's why, you know, where, where, da- where is Dak right now is a, is a big question heading into this uh, week two game with, with the Giants. And w- what have you seen from him or not seen from him during this stretch that, that we didn't see earlier in his career with the Cowboys, Kevin? Yeah, see, that's what I don't understand, David. You know, it, it's easy to say, and I'm going to, you know, uh, have these questions too, as everybody else will on Thursday when we talk to the coordinators, uh, Scott Linehan. You know, look what the look at the job they did with him as a rookie, and and how they brought him in, and they and they kind of, you know, um, made it. I think they made it fairly simple for him, and it just worked beautifully. And he, he had, as Babe Offenberg said to me one time, I, I commented and said, "What a." You know what a good season he had as a as a rookie. He says, "No, you don't understand. That was a historically great season for a rookie uh, to, to play like he did in that and, and put up the kind of wins he did that season." So yeah, but so how does that go? How do we go from that to not very good the second half of last year uh, to to now that we've seen the the same trend continuing now? I mean, so so who do we blame for this? I have a hard time blaming Dak Prescott. Knowing what a smart guy he is, knowing how hard he works, uh, there were issues about him coming out of college. This is why he's a fourth-round draft pick, about his accuracy, about his footwork, and he is uh, still a work in progress and all that. Uh, but I don't think, I don't feel like the Cowboys are helping him out. I don't feel like they're doing things with him. You know, uh, we watch, you watch Cam Newton with McCaffrey in that game, and, and, and he was the, the, the to me, McCaff- the, the work with McCaffrey was the pivotal play of their – of course, their, their offense wasn't great either. They all no. put up 16 points. Yeah. But he was the centerpiece of it. You know, they're throwing the ball to him out of the backfield. They're giving it to him. They're, they're putting him in a position to succeed. And, of course, you know, he's, a, he's a very talented running back. There's no question about that. But is he as good as Zeke Elliott? I don't think so. And, yet, and to me, in my mind – Zeke Elliott is the best player on that Cowboys offense. There's no question about it. You, I guess you could make the case that maybe one of the offensive linemen, Tyron Smith or, or Zach Martin, is the best at his position. But the best skill player on that on that team is, is Zeke Elliott. And I just don't feel like they're doing anything to maximize what he brings to the table. Yeah, and it's not even close with Elliott. I mean, Elliott is their, their best offensive player. And, again, they, they showed you what they thought of the two at the end of their rookie seasons when they went into that Philadelphia game. And they actually played Dak for a series, but didn't play Elliott uh, going into the playoffs because uh, that told you how they hold uh, their thoughts are on the most important player to that offense. It's Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, but that being said, Dak plays off of that, has to perform at a certain level, and, and we haven't seen that. And, and I think uh, you're going to look at scheme. I think, I think protection issues – you know, if you want to point to it, the decline in Dak's performance began with that eight-sack game in Atlanta last year. Now, I'm not saying it's all the remnants of that, but he was also sacked six times in the opener here. 
And one thing that struck me, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, is uh, the the pass to Blake Jarwin down the field that didn't work out to me really stands right. out. And and the thing about Dak is, and I thought even Dak at his best would look bad for a quarter, quarter and a half, and you weren't that impressed with him. But then he made big plays at key moments, and then you looked at his stats at the end of the game, and you went. Well, God, this guy just completed 80% of his passes for 210 yards and three touchdowns and ran for 45 and no turnovers. And, uh, you know, he would kind of ease himself into a game, and at the end it was, it was clear how efficient and how much of an impact he had. But, look, if, if you're crediting, you know, Dak is a mobile quarterback, and I think that's one of his strengths. Well, if that's one of his strengths – he has to make plays with that mobility. And whether it's with his feet or whether it's using his feet to make a throw down the field and connecting, what good is your mobility if you're not making big plays off of it? And to me, that play to Jarwin that wasn't made illustrates that. You know, he pulled the ball down because he said afterwards that he had made the determination to run, but then he saw Jarwin come open. And so then he had to change his thoughts and go, okay, now I've got to settle my feet, get in good position, and make this throw. I understand that's difficult to do, but this is your strength. You're a mobile quarterback. You make plays on the run, and he takes great pride in I'm not just a running quarterback. I'm Actually, I still want to make the pass first, and those are just plays you have to make. Well, there's no question about it, and I, and I did think that, that Jarwin – I don't think Jarwin helped him on that play either. When he turned around and was wide open, he's got to come back to the ball. Yeah. At that point, once you once you have stopped your route and the quarterback is uh, is running and you you can see him running towards you, then you got to come to him, I think, and then to, to show him, uh, yeah, it was it was not a good throw, obviously, uh, but I don't think he really has him on either. I tell you what, I thought just as pivotal a miss was the was the throw to Gallup late in the game when he was wide open, the crossing, and he went behind him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, and, and and you know, and on that play. I don't know if, if the play is broken at that point, and he is now he is just running, and Dak was expecting him just to stop in the open field, catch the ball, and run. But that missed connection right there—that's that's a twenty or thirty yard gain if he catches that ball, and uh, and and they just don't make the connection there. And and you know if you look over a course of the game, as you said, okay, the numbers weren't bad, the yardage wasn't great, but you can go back and look at, at times in Troy Aikman. That's why he was never a great fantasy quarterback because he would throw for 220, 230 yards. He was very efficient with what they did, but they ran the ball so well. I think they're a little bit stuck in that mode, frankly. Uh, you know, they're thinking they're, they're the Cowboys from the early 90s. But at any rate, I, I think that it, when you, if you look at the course of the game, that those, when you miss those plays, if he makes those two throws, if he gets the ball to Jarwin, that's a, that's a 40-yard game. If he gets that ball to Gallup, that's a 30-yard game. Well, now he's thrown for, for 260 yards. So, so and, and, you know, one, and, and certainly what they would have probably put up touchdowns by least points in, on both of those possessions. So I, I think that the, that's, the, that's the key to me, that, that you have to be able to make those plays. You can't miss them. They're, they're rare when they come along. They're certainly rare with this receiving core because you don't see much separation from anybody. You know, we, it's hard to tell. I'm watching the game on television, so it's hard to tell sometimes how much separation these guys are getting. 
but it's not much. You know, I don't, I don't see much. And the thing that bothers me is that, you know, at least with Dez, they would run a slant to him. I didn't see a lot of that. There was a little bit with Cole Beasley a couple of times, and he connected with him on those. But I didn't really see it with, with anybody else. And, and, the, and the digs and the stuff like that, I just don't feel like that's the kind of thing with, with these guys. With, with, they don't have the kind of speed that is really a threat. I, I think that they just, the, the DBs just go back. And they see, you know, they know this guy's not going to get past them, and so they can kind of come up and play him a little tighter. Well, in the in the speed they have, or, or the the quickness they have, uh, we heard about how Tavon Austin was going to be incorporated into this offense. I believe he was only on the field for ten snaps. Um, you know, him and Deontay Thompson. Deontay Thompson's probably the quickest guy they have. Not probably he is on the offensive side of the ball. And, and you actually saw that get the ball to him in that final series, which I found interesting because. Deontay Thompson missed most of uh, training camp with a hamstring issue, and here Dak is throwing to him uh, in a series, that, that uh, desperation series, to try to tie the game. But, yeah, if you're not going to look, there's still going to be a run first team and a, and a run second team, but that means you're going to have to hit on these big plays to get the defense back on its heels just a little bit, and, and Dak's going to have to make those. So, but we've talked from a personnel standpoint here. Now let's talk from a strategic standpoint. And Scott Linehan, uh, the offensive coordinator, he was given a lot of latitude this offseason in structuring not only the personnel that they were going to for- go forward with, uh, but also the coaching staff, uh, receivers coach, quarterbacks coach, wh- who we wanted around him. Uh, this is, it's very clear the way this offseason lined up that this is kind of a last stand for Scott Linehan and, and I believe by extension Jason Garrett. But, but let's focus on Scott Linehan and uh, the latitude he was given uh, in this offseason to, to come up with a creative scheme and what, if any, did you see of that in the opener and what does that mean for Scott Linehan going forward? Not a thing. And, you know, I just feel like the, the lesson that I had taken from the Cowboys under Jason Garrett and with Scott Linehan, and we saw that in the Atlanta game last year, the, the critical error there was not so much that Chaz Green couldn't block anybody, was that they were just so slow to pick up on it. You know, it, it was just like, no, 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 you just have to be patient. It's just like being patient with the running game. You just have to be patient and know that, Sooner or later, this guy's going to block Adam Claiborne, and that's going to be, then that's going to be, or Adrian Claiborne, uh, that, uh, you know, the sooner or later they'll get that right. Well, you know, the problem is that they, they never got it right. And, and, and I feel like that's the same thing that's happening now. We're, we're into uh, the third year, as I pointed out, of Zeke Elliott, and we still haven't seen them maximize what he does so well. I thought that, you know, at Ohio State, he was a complete back. This is why he was taken so high by the Cowboys. Because not only could he run, he could block. He's great at picking up uh, blitzes, and he's also an excellent receiver. And we we just haven't seen the Cowboys maximize that kind of thing. I'd love to see him get out in the open field. Why not line him up every once in a while in the slot? Why not try something different with him, just to throw a defense off a little bit? I, I don't think that the Cowboys try that at all. I think their thinking is is that it's very old school. We got superior personnel over here we know that you know what's coming and we don't care and we're just going to do what we did because we execute it so well it's going to it's going to, to beat you on this play and i just don't think you can expect uh nfl players even even dominant players 
to dominate on every play. They're just not going to do that. There's going to be times when the, when the defense wins and a, and, a, and a guy wins a play, even against a Tyron Smith or a Zach Martin or a Travis Frederick when he's healthy. And this team is not. I mean, we saw uh, in that game, we, we saw what uh, happened to Connor Williams a few times. He's getting beaten on bull rushes, you know, just being pushed back into the quarterback. You made the point. Six sacks, you know, we, we made a big deal about in the Atlanta game, eight sacks. Is, is six sacks really that much better? I mean, this is this was another situation where, where yeah, he's getting, uh, he's getting, he's got people on his face all the time now. And, you know, that's, that's the difference in quarterbacks. Uh, I think you could take any quarterback in this league and you put him back in a clean pocket and he's going to pick you apart for the most part. And uh, the difference in quarterbacks is the guys – who are able to face that kind of pressure and still make plays. I, I don't think that, that Zach is intimidated. I do think that he feels like sometimes I don't have much time to get this football where I want it to, and so therefore I'm going to have to rush a little bit, and, so, and therefore I'm rushing my fundamentals, my technique, and I'm not getting everything done the way I should. Do you, do you believe that Scott is a creative uh, play caller and uh, divisor of schemes, or do you feel that uh, he's he's reined back from what we've seen previously in his career and uh, is adopting more of, of Jason Garrett's mentality, which is uh, do what you do well, overpower them, continue to do that over the course of the game, and, and you wear a team down. You know, I don't I don't remember enough of what Scott did. I was not close enough observer in Detroit and other places that. You know of the offenses that he ran, and, and know what he's capable of doing. I don't have, think there's any question he is an extension of Jason Garrett. That this is the offense. I mean, Jason Garrett's an offensive guy. Do, you, do we really think that Jason Garrett would say, "Okay, I don't really believe in this offense, but you go ahead and run it"? You know, uh, I think this is exactly what Jason wants. I think it. I think he is stuck a little bit in the early '90s. I think he thinks that we can do. What was so successful with the Cowboys then. And, you know, we saw it. We saw how successful it was two years ago. Uh, less so last year. We blame that mostly on the fact that Zeke Elliott was out. Uh, and I think, obviously, that played a large part in that. Uh, but now I'm beginning to think that, you know, listen, you know, in the, in the criticisms that we've seen, uh, the limited criticisms of what people like Des Bryant said on the way out the door, you know, this is garbage, you know, calling, this kind of stuff, not... There's not much here. It's the same. We run the same routes over and over again. Well, you can make the case that you know this is what they had to do with Dez. He's not a not an accomplished route runner, so they have to kind of uh, limit exactly what he does. But uh, now he's not there anymore. Now there's a new group of guys. Now we saw how we, we heard about how Cole Beasley was going to line up inside and outside, and they could do that with turns as well, and, and it'd be mixes of personnel. Well, we don't see any of that in the first game. Now, you could say that it's early in the season, and, you know, it's obviously the very first game, and they didn't play very much in the preseason, but they sure practice a lot. Uh, and, and I think if you look around the, the league and we see other teams doing things, I thought that, as I noted, I thought that some of the things the Carolina did in that game, while they didn't, uh, you know, do much better, only putting up 16 points, they at least looked more creative to me than the Cowboys did. Yeah, and that's as North Turner coming in. And again, the, the DNA of those two offenses uh, were very similar because the, this Cowboys offense still carries a lot of what uh, North Turner put in place in his three short years, uh, th- but three very successful years with the uh, the Cowboys back in the early 90s. 
Uh, and Jason was talking about that last week about how there's still uh, ele- elements uh, of uh, and, and really cornerstone elements uh, of that offense in place, and and he's taking that over there. But also, but you also play to the strengths of the players. I mean, look at how Cam Newton ran uh, and how they emphasized that early. Look at everything else they did. So. Uh, I think we've talked enough about that game at the moment. And like I said, I'm running a tight ship here. So, Kevin, in the final <laughs> two to three minutes, what would you? What do you expect out of these Cowboys when they host the New York Giants, New York football Giants, as Jason Garrett would say, on Sunday night at AT&T Stadium? What sort of team and performance would you expect to see after what we saw in the opener? Oh, I think the Cowboys will win this game. I think the Giants have enough problems with their own as well. I don't think the NFC East has distinguished itself much. I think the, the Eagles are, are still playing pretty well. But other, other than that, I, I think that uh, – and, and we see this from week to week in the NFL. If the team plays terrible on the road, they come home, they play just fine. Uh, so I, I would not expect this to carry over to the next game. You know, you, you brought up the, the fact about guys running the ball uh, and doing what Cam Newton did. How about that? How about when the when the Cowboys ran the option to to, to Zeke? Now I thought that was creative uh, on, on the touchdown run, and you know uh, why not pull that play out every once in a while? Uh, you know, it, it certainly seemed to to uh, confuse you know maybe the best linebacker in the game. So I, I I think that if I could do a little bit more of that type of stuff, especially if they're if they're starting to, to struggle, I think that anything they can do to get Dak started, they should try. Given what we saw from them in the opener and what we've seen over these last nine regular season games, would you expect them to be able to flip the switch on this offense, or, or are we still in a stage where it's going to take a little bit of time to, to fight out of this? Well, as you pointed out the last week, and you were right before the before last week's game, you said it takes them at least two games to get their running game going. Uh, and then after, after that point, they, they seem to do much better. Uh, so I expect that they will probably struggle a little bit this uh, this week as well. As I said, I just don't think that the Giants are going to exactly light them up either. I, I'll say this: I thought that secondary play really great uh, in yeah. that game, and I and I thought the defensive line did did uh, did well too, and they got pressure. Uh, they did a lot of good things. They, the, the big problem for the defense was just making mistakes, you know, offsides penalties. That those are just beyond me. I, I don't I don't understand offside penalties, or especially lining up offsides the dumbest penalty in the world. Uh, so uh, I do think that defensively they will be good enough to keep them in the game. I just have to be able to make a couple of big plays. And, and, uh, and we'll, I'm not going to predict anything big here. I think a, a 21-17 score would be probably right in, right in the realm of possibility. Well, that would be an offensive avalanche compared to what we've seen here <laughs> over the – Maybe, maybe one of those would be an interception return. <laughs> and, uh, well, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me on this first day of the new improved Ballsy podcast. <laughs> I will uh, consult myself and see if you uh, have earned a spot in the rotation going forward. But uh, the, the early, early returns from uh, other people who've walked casually by seem to think that uh, that's a possibility. So no promises, but hopefully we'll talk again next week, Kevin. You know, that'd be great. And then here's the thing. I'm working for the same rate. Uh, Whatever I can do, that'd be super. Well, Kevin, thanks so much. And we'll uh, see you probably in studio next week. So I'll be back. See you then, David. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening. 
Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.